Hey, this is Stacey David Blades with Crash and Wayward, and you're listening to the one and only Jay Scott on Hope Rocks. Welcome back to the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. I'm your host, Jay Scott. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're getting ready for Thanksgiving. At least my uh, listeners in the U.S. are getting ready for Turkey Day. And uh, holiday season is upon us and everyone else. Hope everyone's doing well. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Great network of music-related podcasts. Got something for everybody on Pantheon Pods. You can find them at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as Twitter and Facebook, Pantheon Pods. Search them up. They've got some great podcasts like the Hanging and Banging podcast with Vinny Apice and Carmen Apice, along with promoter Ron Anesti. You've got the rock historian Martin Popoff, Mistress Carrie out in Boston, Baco on Cobras and Fire, and my compadres in arms, Tom and Zeus, on Shout It Out Loudcast. So check all those out as well as all the others. Check out some of our recent episodes. We just dropped an episode with the Itch Rocks podcast, the Itch Rock radio and podcast with Casey, Dan, and Aaron. Check out that conversation on what 2021 means to rock music. Also some great new music spotlights like Crooked Shapes that we just aired as well as Travis McCready, uh, from the old the old singer from Bishop Gunn, and also check out our 300th episode with Carrie Stevens. We have another great new music spotlight, a band that uh, recently been on my radar. They're called Black Spiders, and I welcome like to welcome Pete to the Hook Rocks. Hey Jay, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Absolutely. Glad you're doing this. Thank you for coming on the show. We always start the same way every time we have a first-time guest, and that really is the essence of the show, what we're all about, which is just like every great rock song has a hook that sucks you in. Every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, a band, a performance, or album that hooked them on rock and roll. What was it for you? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, I guess... Um, 
it's hard to say, really. Um, I was talking talk about this with somebody else the other night, and um, the first actual like rock album that I owned myself was uh, Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Um, but, you know, I mean, I'm not really sure what actually hooked me into rock music. Um, I, I, think, I think more than likely uh, TNT by ACDC uh, is, is probably the one. What was it about that song that that brought you in, and and what made you or what led you to buy the Black Sabbath album? Uh, well, the um, when I was at school, um, you know, I mean, I, I I haven't got I haven't got older brothers, so I, I I didn't I didn't kind of grow up listening to rock music when I was really young. Um, I had older sisters, so I was kind of forced to listen to whatever they were um, obsessed with at the time. And um, my friends at school that I, you know, eventually started doing bands with, um, their older brothers were the ones that kind of drew me into rock music, um, and uh, yeah, and it was quite a broad range, I guess. Um, uh, but you know, I think I think ACDC um, were kind of a staple for 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 my friend's older brothers at that time. And I think, I think what really brought me in on ACDC and especially on that track, um, you know, I mean like the wrist relentless and, um, you know, Bon Scott's vocals are amazing. And, uh, I think, I think it was just like the cheekiness of it, you know, that cause there's that, you know, there's that little, um, the little sort of background vocals that are just kind of all the way through just doing the, oi, oi, oi. And, you know, I think, I think maybe that's what pulled me in. Yeah, I remember hearing that song too, and it was so unique because you didn't hear that in any yeah. other song, right? You didn't hear this chant that goes along with the driving riff and the in the beat, and it was so it was so different that it did pull you in. It was like, what is this all about? What who's this band? Uh, I remember that yeah. vividly. That uh, it, it was such a unique experience when you did listen to it. Yeah, it's true, you know, and like and like the lyrics, you know, when Bon Scott's talking about riding out on the sunset on your TV screen and stuff, you know, like the, the opening lines and everything. It's just, you know, it, it just sets the scene for everything because obviously, you know, TV was a big part of of things there. You know, like when you were young, growing up, because obviously, you know, there was not as much stuff going on with there is now, like the internet and the amount of channels and things like that, and especially in the UK. It's very like you know the music sort of scene in the UK is very condensed and it's very, but it, but it's so like the breadth of like the type of music that that you you know conditioned to while living here is is probably quite different to to a lot of places really. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, and and like as I was kind of getting into into music to buying myself, I'd kind of. I kind of grew up sort of listening to like a lot of like um, sort of punk, post punk and punk stuff. Like, so it was, it wasn't the, obviously, you know, it wasn't in the height of when punk was, was, was huge in the UK or anything like that. Um, so, you know, we're talking like the early eighties or whatever. And um, basically I, it like the Sabbath, bloody Sabbath album. Um, um, I've been talking about this, this album that I had by stiff little fingers like a live album called Hanks. And um, my best mate at school at the time was kind of really intrigued by it. So he said, okay, I'll tell you what, 
Um, I'll bring a I'll bring a vinyl into into school, and you bring that, and we'll and we'll swap it, and then you know we can exchange notes and 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 what have you, and that was it really. So I brought the Stiff Little Fingers album in for him, and he brought in Saddle Bloody Sabbath, and that's pretty much how you know how it how it went from there really, and kind of drew me into actually probably more than ever wanting to actually be in a band. I think. Where did it go from there in terms of wanting to get on stage, wanting to be in a band, wanting to perform? Well, um, we knew, like um, this guy that I swapped the like, you know, he was my best mate at school, and you know, and I'd really been interested, always been interested in like playing drums, and so um, I started learning. I started getting taught how to play drums at school, and uh, and apparently I was a, I was a fast learner, and, and and before I knew it, my best mate was the singer, I was the drummer. We had another guy from um, from our school who was in the same year as us who was playing lead guitar, and then there was like an older guy that they knew that lived in the village where they lived that played bass, and uh, and he was like he was obsessed with Kiss. And so, and so we kind of just started, you know, um, rehearsing songs in like a village hall, um, on, on the weekends and we'd like learn pretty much, you know, like, like the basic songs really. So, I mean, I, I guess they were easy to learn ACDC songs and Kiss songs at that time. And like before we progressed onto other things and, and that's kind of how, it, how it all started really. Um, you know, and, um, yeah. And, and I'd, I'd missed out on, I'd missed out on seeing Kiss um, in, in makeup and stuff at the time. And I, I remember my friends bunking off school to go and see them play in the UK when they came over. Um, probably one of the last tours they did uh, before they took their makeup off for the first time or whatever. And, um, yeah, and I, I kind of regretted that, that, that I didn't bunk off school as well to go and um, to go and see the gig. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where it all started, really. As far as writing music and you know uh, hearing a song that inspired you to you know instead of playing the riffs that you knew to develop your own music was there a, was there a moment for that too as well um oh, i mean very probably i mean i think i was like when i left school i i, st- I played in i played in lots of bands with with the with the same bass player that I was playing drums with um at school um and we kind of progressed into being into other sort of like rock bands that were a little bit more intricate and and things and um i think it was probably at that point that i sort of because my sisters were very musical so they you know they had like like we had a piano at home and and they had guitars and stuff and i i kind of knew a few things and i I, i'd learned a few chords and I think at one point I'd sort of, I mean, I don't really remember the song to be honest, but I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I kind of wrote a song at that point in time, but it wasn't, it wasn't really until later on when, when I, I kind of left the drums behind and just became a singer that I'd started kind of looking at songs, but, but, but still at the same time, I, I was writing songs with a with 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 the guitarist that I was in the band with. I'd not actually sort of um, been writing fully, you know, fully formed songs of my own, um, particularly with guitar and everything else. But um, as Black Spiders started, you know, I'd 
I, I guess I'd had a bit more experience at that point in time. So, um, yeah. Was there a way, you know, when you're approaching music, approaching lyrics and writing that stuff, you know, being a, being a singer, was there a, was there a, a influence in your writing style and in terms of, you know, writing about personal experience, writing about observation, writing about what maybe a friend may be going through. How did you develop that in terms of uh, your artistry? That's another tough question, Jay. Um, I'm really not sure. I think sometimes um, I never really – I don't think I've written that many songs that have been pretty much straight to the point. Um, a, a, a lot of the songs are kind of based in allegories, which obviously are like, you know, stories within stories. So then, you know, it's like, cause sometimes they're, sometimes they're based on stories that I've heard from other people's experiences of things. Um, and I kind of just try to kind of, um, maybe put my own, um, tip on that of, of, of where my experience has been with, with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. Th- I think particularly like the writing style for Black Spiders has always been sort of um, not very straightforward. Um, in in insofar as you know, um, I'm sort of writing a song about a particular person, or or whether it's actually coming from me. So sometimes it's in the third person, and um, but like stabbed in the back for instance, which, you know, obviously caught your interest is, I guess it was kind of like a collective thing. Um, you know, like when we were, when we were writing the, the latest album, which, you know, mainly happened through the lockdown in the UK from the pandemic. Um, I just wanted to, I just wanted to kind of convey, what a lot of people have probably been through and kind of, you know, like, you know, that feeling of like everybody's been fucked over like once in their life and kind of, you know, I, I, I kind of feel that it's happened to me more than once. So, yeah, I mean, it, it it's kind of straightforward, but in a way it's not particularly, it's not particularly from personal experience, if you know what I mean. Obviously I, I think I've just contradicted myself massively there, but, um, but, but, you know, I, I, it, I it's, yeah, it's very hard. You know, I mean, I, th- I think from from the stance of where I come from with with, with lyrics and things, um, it's it's not it, it's not pained. It's not it's not it's not pained from you know from my soul or anything like that. Really, it's more um, it's more like from people watching in in a way. Per perspective, perhaps. Yeah, you know, like yeah. Exactly that, you know, and it's, um, and that, you know, and then a lot of the other Black Spider songs are more like boys' own stories, like, you know, from when you were younger, when you used to read, you know, comics or magazines about superheroes or like, you know, or you'd read books about like Robin Hood or Vikings or pirates or whatever, you know, it's kind of all, you know, I guess kind of from, from that kind of feeling of, of, of things and, you know, maybe putting yourself in that position and yeah, you know, so I guess from from perspective is you know like from whose perspective is 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 really the key. I, I mean, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure if it's all all my perspective. 
As far as the album goes, the self-titled new album from Black Spiders, the new single, Stabbed in the Back, came out on November 12th. Putting this Mm -hmm. album together, a lot of different circumstances happening around all of us. Oh, yeah. Was it difficult to make this album? Was it easier to find that bubble to make an album and kind of tune everything out? What was the process like for this latest effort by you guys? Well, well, Jay, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I mean, the thing is, it was like to, to be to be bluntly honest, it, it was it was a lot easier than it's ever been. To, to be fair, I mean, the thing is, you know, obviously we were we were in lockdown. Uh, we just we just decided to get back together um, in the summer of two thousand and nineteen, um, and. And then myself and Ozzy, the guitarist, you know, had kind of started getting together and and kind of going over some of the ideas that we'd had. And then, like within a month or so, like we were all in lockdown here, and um, and so the creative process has already started. And like we were very positive about about the fact that we were going to make a new album. And you know, um, in, like previously, it had always been like we'd always written the songs or someone had had an idea and we'd taken it into the rehearsal room and then we thrashed it out as a song and like kind of beat it to death until, you know, until there was, you know, like what, what was going to make the song in the studio basically. Um, whereas this was a completely different approach and it served us really well in, in a way because, because we wrote so much material, um, you know, it, uh, it kind of blew our minds a little bit, like the amount of material that we'd actually written for the record, and you know, and the quality of it was very good too. And you know, well, fr- from our you know own standpoint, I guess. Um, um, and um, yeah, because because you could you could actually focus on it, you know, and and with technology of being able to kind of you know demo up the songs on GarageBand and then e- email them across to each other, and then you know, so. So I'd kind of maybe um, if I had a song idea, I'd um, I'd kind of, you know I'd, I'd get an acoustic guitar out or whatever, and I'd kind of uh, uh, I'd record it on my voice messenger on my phone or something, depending where I was in the house or whatever, you know, instead of having to set up any kind of equipment, and um, and just basically write you know like like put the wrist down or whatever, and, and, and maybe in some kind of um, arrangement, and then send it to Ozzy, and then he would kind of redo it on his own guitar into garage band um, and then try and, you know, like maybe put some drums on it and then send it back to me. And then I put the vocals on it and then, and then it gets sent around to the bass player and, and, you know, and then, and then the drummer as well. And, you know, and then, and then like the good thing as well is that our drummer had a, an electronic kit set up that he'd been using. So he was able to actually record his own drum parts. So he wanted to do the little demo. So before we actually got into the studio, we'd have like a, a demo that we'd all actually played on, but not actually played together. So, so yeah, so it was a completely different process. And the thing is, you know, we've already started recording our next album and, and, and because the process works so well for us in terms of the amount of songs, the quality of songs, you know, and, and, and how it had brought, um, like, you know, it reinvigorated us so much. Um, about about being in a band and like you know wanting to do black spiders and and just you know getting out there um that 
you know, we just continue to do it. Really, I mean, we never stopped writing. We just, you know, we just had well, we just had to take a break while we were figuring out what, what we were going to play live, and the record was coming out. And so now we're actually back in the studio doing exactly the same thing that we did during the pandemic um, because it worked so well, you know, and it was such a different way of doing things for us. But it works, you know, and 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 I think that's that. I think that's how things are going to be for us moving forward, really. You know, discovering how easy it can be and discovering maybe new techniques of recording, you know, did, did that add a, a, a new life in the band when, you know, not much is going on at that point, right? I mean, you're trying to look for something positive because you can't play out, you can't yeah. you know, do any shows, you know, you're pretty much on hold doing everything. And that's frustrating for a band that relies on those shows to, yeah. you know, make a living. And here you are developing a new way that maybe is easier for you to make music in the future. Was that a silver lining for you guys? Was that, you know, something to, to really hold on to is, Hey, Hey, listen, this may be bad now, but long-term, this is really going to help us. Well, yeah, you know, because at the time, I mean, it's to- a total silver lining. You know, I mean, it was like you know, it was you know, it was the best gift in in a way, because I, I, I'm I'm not really sure we would have been so like prolific in like with the writing and stuff if there wouldn't have been a lockdown for us to actually be able to focus on things and and kind of not get distracted by other things that go on in life. Really, I mean, and you know, for us, we understood that the way things were going, um, you know, music, music was currency for bands because going out and playing any gigs, you know, seemed like it could be such a long way off. And, you know, I mean, and even now, even though, you know, gigs are kind of happening still, you know, there's like, it's still not what it used to be like because, you know, people are still wary of going out and, you know, I mean, the virus is still around and, you know, and it, it, it's just it's just difficult, and a lot of the grassroots venues have, have closed down, or have, you know, or or have, or have gone into liquidation or whatever, and just just aren't there anymore. And and so we we realised that it was probably going to be the saving thing for the band. Really, is that because we could all express lots of different things into the music you know, and and not actually be stuck in a situation where, you know, we just ended up being at home doing a lot of DIY, which I guess, you know, a lot of people ended up doing. So, it, you know, we actually had, we actually had a, um, you know, an artistic outlet, if you will. And, and you know, and, and I guess we flourished in the, in that kind of situation. And, and, and it's, you know, and, it, and it's kind of, it's spilt over into, in, into what it is now, you know, that some of the restrictions are out and, you know, people are allowed to be out and about and gigs are going again and stuff. But, but yeah, you know, it's still, you know, like we still, um, we still thank, you know, thank our lucky stars that like it, it, it happened when it did, because maybe we wouldn't have been able to have kind of had that amount of music, um, you know, like come out of us in that sort of time, really. Well, you can't argue with the success. I mean, you guys, independent album chart, number seven. I mean, top 10 album, you know, coming out of a pandemic, coming out of those restrictions, you know, 
I, I don't think the the term paid off is the right one, but you definitely took advantage of the circumstances and made them be the best it could possibly be. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, it, it, it was such a it was such a, a, a horrible and negative situation for like everybody to be in, really, you know, and and so finding any kind of positive in it, you know, like like for us as as you know as 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 just been great, really, you know. Um, yeah. As far as writing this album, you know, the lyric lyrical content, the the mood of the album, did you find yourself being affected by what was happening around you? You know, is this the atypical Black Spiders album or did you feel like it had a little bit more of a moody tone or the lyrics were a little bit more, you know, introspective, you know, in terms of what was happening. Did you find yourself being affected by it in that way? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, well, for, for me, you know, it was quite hard for a while because I have, I, I have like two little boys um, who live in London and I live in the north of England now. And basically, you know, I didn't actually get to see them for like, three months or more, which was really quite painful. Um, you know, and, and because it was a lockdown, you know, I'm kind of living on my own and it was very, you know, I mean, you could almost get cabin fever with that, you know, like that, like the kind of, um, I guess, um, that kind of life. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, I, I think, I think there was a lot of, I think there was a lot of introspection, and looking at certain things, you know, and, and, and thinking of, thinking of different themes to songs and like really kind of, I guess, I guess a lot of, a lot of the lyrics are like, were really thought out of like, because of the attitudes of, of, of the actual music in the songs. Um, you know, I mean, I, like s- some of the songs kind of came together together. So almost like, you know, um, like the riff came with the with the singing pretty much at the same time, but some of the songs, you know, it was the music came first, and then a melody came, and then you know, and then a lyric kind of sprung to mind of of, of what it was. But it, it really, you know, I, I think I really dug deep for 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 a lot of the lyrics on 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 this album, for sure. You mentioned also too that you wrote a lot of material. You're still writing a lot of material. Yeah, how do you balance yeah. that in terms of? Because let me kind of back up a little bit. We do live in a day and age where you constantly have to be putting music out to stay in front of an audience because the audience is you know their attention span is much different now than it was years ago. You know, you put out a yeah. song on a Friday and by Tuesday they're on to the next best thing. Uh, you're going to develop a fan base and that's always great, but to capture new fans, I think bands have to go above and beyond and work so much harder now because there's so many things pulling people in different directions. Writing a lot of music is great. How do you balance releasing that music, touring, getting out in front of people, you know, and releasing more music and having that cycle affect you as a band and as an artist? Well, you know, I think I think previously, like before this album, with the with the albums prior that we released, we kind of got stuck in that 
old way of thinking with, you know, um, writing the album, recording the album, waiting to put the album out at the right time, then going on, you know, the touring circuit, and then, you know, seeing if there's any, any, any more, you know, if you can, if there's any more to squeeze out of that album before you move on to like maybe writing and recording the next one. And, you know, there was like a, a period of like three, three years, four years gap between the, 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 the debut, the, like the debut album and, and our second album. And, um, not really like that it's intentional at the moment for us to actually be, you know, releasing an album this year and then already recording the next album before the end, you know, before the year's out. Um, I think it's just that we're not sure how many more, you know, like how, how much gigging opportunity is going to be out there, you know, between now and next summer. And so music is like, you know, like I said before, like music is, it has kind of become a currency for bands. And because we kind of, I guess because we're just kind of moving forward and trying to find new ways of doing things and like new ways of getting music out. And if we've got lots of music, then we'll probably put music out on different platforms before it's actually released like properly and things like that. You know, like, like you, you, you have got to keep people entertained and kind of in, involved and kind of, you know, and almost you're almost trying to make sure that you kind of keep in your audience while trying to like, like, like whereas, yeah, like you know, and and trying to keep, like, trying to reach out to a further audience. Whereas before, it was more about growing an audience because you could go out and it was a bit more, um, I guess, organic in in a way. Um, but you know, now it's very much you know people want things immediately, and like you say, you know, um, before you know it, after a week, you could be you know you could be at the back of their minds because something else is. Is is in is is a you know an, an earworm in their in their head. So so yeah, it's, it's very difficult. But I think what we just thought was you know we're doing we're doing the music and you know we're, we're able to go and record at our leisure, kind of uh, with with the producer that we've used from the very beginning, and. And it, it, it just it just seems like it's you know it, it, it's the way forward for us really because you know um, we I, th- I think that's probably why we decided to take a break before is because things got a little bit stagnant and you know and 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 we did a bit too much overthinking about about the music and about where we were going as a band whereas I think now we've kind of realised like what sort of band we are uh, and you know, and, 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 and that kind of, and that kind of makes us focus more on, on what we're going to deliver to people really. And, um, you know, like, like I said before, you know, like, and, and you were talking about that we, you know, we've written a lot of music and it's not like we kind of wrote, um, you know, 20 odd songs and then said, right, okay, let's do these. Basically, as like we were kind of start, we started recording them as we were going. We were thinking, right, okay, we've got four songs. Uh, these four, like you know, like these three are sort of finished. Let's get these in the studio, and then you know, and then e- even in the studios, like you know, like the songs from the demos kind of take on a little bit more of an extra dimension because you know you you're focusing on on backing vocal parts, you're focusing on 
other little bits like percussion and stuff or whatever, you know, and, and all these little things that kind of make, make songs a lot better. And then, you know, and then obviously, like you say, the hook, you know, you're looking for that hook in each song and sometimes you don't see it until you're actually in the studio properly. And, and, it, you know, and then, and then it'll come to you and you know, and you know, and you know, you know, which bit needs to be focused on the most to make, you know, to, like to make the best songs really. And um, and it was it was Ozzy the, uh, the like the other guitarist in in the band that kind of sort of said, well, if we're going to make a new album, each 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 album needs to kind of pretty much kick you in the face, and 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 so that's what we were going for really. So they were the songs that we picked that made that album that new self titled album. When you talk about putting together shows for next year, um, and in that knowing you know, the amount of shows you're going to do, is that because there's still restrictions, you know, in the UK and you're still not uh, on, on solid ground yet when it comes to that? Oh yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we were, we were meant to do an album tour for this album, you know, for this album in July. Um, but because of the restrictions about being in contact with somebody um, that had tested positive, we had to cancel the tour, which was, you know, which was a, a bit of a huge blow really. Um, and then we couldn't like, you know, like because so many, you know, because so much, so many concerts have been canceled and rescheduled like year after year over the last couple of years now, you know, um, everybody's sort of pretty much fighting for a place to try and get a gig. And so when we try to reschedule the July dates for November, we could only actually reschedule two of them because the like the venues just didn't have the space to make it work as a as a as a you know as a fluid tour really. Um, so we just had to go with brand new shows, you know, for November because like we've got a tour starting next week, um, and you know, like two of those shows have even been cancelled because some of the restrictions have kind of made it difficult, and. Um, yeah, so it's like an it's an ongoing thing, really, and and who knows what might happen next year? I mean, like in a lot of other countries in Europe, they're just you know they're, they're like the, like COVID like the COVID cases are going back up again, and they're kind of having restrictions come in, and you know some countries are closing the borders off, and it's just you know so it, we just don't know what might happen, really. It's it's just one of those things, um, you know. You got to kind of I, I think we've got to take it day by day, so you know we're trying to book some festivals in for next year, for next summer. But other than that, we're really not sure what we can get in, you know, um, in the time that we need to, and, and when we can. So it's very difficult. Under that premise, you know, when you're, when you're, there's so much unknown with what's happening and you're making music. Are there moments where it's, it's difficult to see that light of the tunnel? Like you're making music, you're proud of the music you're making. I mean, the album is doing well and yet playing live is, is so much, there's so much uncertainty with touring. I mean, I know, I, I think you guys are doing a show. I don't know if it's a one-off or a tour with massive and then revival black. Um, but is that, is that frustrating when you're making music or is the music part of the healing to, to keep you focused and occupied rather than dwell on, on what's happening, the negative what's happening. 
Well, yeah, you know, I mean, we can't dwell on 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 the fact that we can't actually get out and do as many shows as we as we want to when we can, because obviously we can't. Like, we, we're not really in that position where we can go out and just tour whenever. Really, you know, like we have to kind of it, it has to, you know, like the logistics of it all has to work properly, um, and it, it is quite difficult. But you know. Like, 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 we know that the music will be the saviour for us in the end because, you know, if and when things actually get back to some kind of n- normality, and you know, and we can actually go out and maybe even do it, do a tour outside of the UK because you know that's another thing as well is we can't you know it like Europe has already been made difficult because of Brexit for touring bands, um, and 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 the fact that so many different European countries have got so many different restrictions and they're going in and out and up and down because of, you know, because of their health service being, you know, at breaking point. It's very difficult to go out and, and, and actually look at how we can go out and tour the album in, in different territories, you know, which is, which is a shame really. So, I mean, but on the brighter side of that, you know, when things do get back to some kind of, better normality at least um it just means we'll have more songs to play you know better song like like more songs to choose from that people will have heard more you know because we'll like because there's more platforms to get their songs out there than just going out and playing live you know i mean playing live will probably turn into you know a, a bit more of a happening or or an event because you know for us like we like we kind of learned our lesson before i think because we used to go out and tour all the time and you know and 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 it was great up to a certain point where you know people i guess we kind of get the feeling that people thought they could you know oh if they, if they miss black spiders this month they're sure to catch us somewhere else next month so we kind of wanted to you know sort of like um boil that down a little bit and kind of make it a little bit more you know, if we're going to go out and do some touring in November, you probably won't see us again until May kind of thing, you know. So, so you know, come out and see the band sort of thing. Um, and if, you know, if, if by, you know, after this, after this tour in November, um, you know, once we've got the new record finished, which will probably be, you know, in the early part of next spring, um, you know, by the time we go out and do any of these festivals, including the one, you know, at uh, Stone Dead with uh, with Massive and Revival Black, you know, we'll probably have like maybe brand new singles out that will be coming out off 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 the next album. So you know, um, so the set will be either you know it'll be getting longer and longer, or we'll just have to be you know kicking out some songs to put other songs in. But at the same time, you know, it's you've got to progress, you know, we can't just sit back and, and, you know, just, just play all, you know, just play all the stronger songs off the first album and then maybe a couple of songs off the later albums. I I don't think, I don't think that's, I don't think that's good for anybody really. Well, especially now that you have an album that's charted, you know, number seven on on the independent. I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. And, you know, is is this album, you know, what you thought or, or, or the response to it, is that, what you thought it was going to be. I mean, you, you know, having a top 10 album under the, under the, the situation that everyone's currently in, 
that's a big, huge accomplishment, and that's something that can really be advantageous for you. Yeah, well, you know, it, it kind of blew our minds a little bit, to be to be fair. Um, you know, I mean, we were hoping that people um, would, would, like, would not have forgot us. Because obviously, like, you know, well, maybe you're not aware, Jay, but, like, we, we, we kind of we went on hiatus for a little bit um, um, in 2000, uh, kind of 2017. Um, we kind of went on hiatus for a little bit. So when we brought the... When we when we decided we were going to do another record, um, you know, we kind of we wanted it to have the same impact that the first album seemed to have had, which you know got people really excited. You know, even though the first album maybe didn't hit into the charts, we know we sold a lot of it, um, and so we were just hoping that you know it would maybe make the same impact musically on people that the first record did and you know and i think i think we achieved the goal really and maybe even surpassed that with you know with getting a chart placing and and what have you and you know and and yeah it's, it, it seems it seems to be it seems to be really good so you know we just kind of want to keep we want to keep that momentum going um you know and just and just deliver the best music that we can and the best albums and you know the best shows and and what have you, while we can, and, and when we can, really. When you look back at your career, I mean, you have you released some singles, and you had the first album that came out in 2011. You also had some EPs come out prior to that. You know, as you're evolving as artists, as you're evolving as, ban- as a band, you know, someone like me comes along and says, oh, wow, Black Spiders, I've never heard of this band. So they're, like, new to me. Is that okay with you guys is that something that you you know want to be recognized for your whole body of work are you okay of of people still considering a, a new band at this point well you know i mean this is one of the reasons you know that we we kind of wanted to kind of work with we know that like we're working with new people on, on this record um you know we've got like a, we've got a new press person you know We've got a new a new radio plugger. Um, you know, we we don't think we've reached everybody that we kind of think might be Black Spiders fans. So you know, so so you know, for us, anybody like in any of the Black Spiders back catalogue or new songs or any any song, whether it's you know um, a, a really random track off one of the one of the EPs or you know, or something like that, you know, it's, it's like for us, it's just, you know, welcome on board, you know, the good shit, black spiders, basically, you know? Yeah. I mean, you, you know, there's, there's people that still consider a band like rival sons, a new band. And you know, yeah. they, they've been out since I think 2010, 2011, around the same time you guys were, were forming too. So it, it really is. And I think that also speaks to where rock and roll was 10 years ago to where it is now, you know, yeah. for the past decade or so, decade and a half, two decades, it's it's really taken a back seat to a lot of other genres. And now, because there's so much great new music coming out, the resurgence is causing people to find these bands that have been around for a while. It's very similar to, like, the early 80s, you know, when you had bands like Van Halen reaching the peak of their career and the Sunset Strip having all these bands, and then all of a sudden you hear... This band Judas Priest that's been out since the mid seventies, 
you know, or, yeah. you know, Maiden that, you know, has been doing stuff since late seventies, early eighties. So, you know, it's kind of that same thing where a lot of times when newer bands come out and they start connecting with people, people naturally then look back of what's been going on before that. And they find some really great music. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we're hoping that, you know, this is, this basically we, we knew we kind of were starting again, really. And, you know, we kind of, we still all really mean it, you know, like we really like mean that we want to be in a band and we really mean that we want to kind of convey certain things, you know, across in, in music, um, I guess uh, as artists or whatever. And, um, we just knew we kind of had to make some kind of impact because, you know, we didn't want people to think that we'd just kind of fallen by the wayside and we're just, just ambling along really, you know, we kind of, we kind of feel, you know, like we should be, you know, we still are competing with, with not just, you know, new rock bands like, you know, like rival sons, you know, um, and, um, and, and, and a lot of the, a lot of the other new bands that are out there, um, we're, you know, we're like we're competing with all the new music that's coming out, and so you know, you have to kind of realize that, you know, maybe there's going to be a lot of disappointment, but as long as as long as you're giving it one hundred percent all the time, then you know, you can't really kind of complain that you haven't, you know, that that you haven't given it you're all and so hopefully it's almost like taking two steps back to take a, a bigger leap forward and and you know and we're, and we're kind of hoping that because now people sort of know that we're back that you know we can take a bigger leap forward you know forward with the next record really um you know but we'll see how all that goes because you know obviously we didn't know the pandemic was around the corner so who knows what's around the corner next that might kind of you know throw us, uh, you know, throw a spanner in the works, but we'll see, you know, I mean, we're hopeful that, you know, that black spiders will, will be bigger and, and our reach will become bigger, you know, and our, and our whole, I guess our whole, um, um, brand as it were, will probably be, you know, um, taken further. Well, Pete, it's been a great conversation Thank you very much for appearing on the Hook Rocks. I really enjoyed the talk. Really, really enjoyed learning more about you and the band. Uh, thank you Thanks, very man. much for coming on. No, thank, thank you, Jay. It's really been a pleasure, mate. Anytime. Absolutely, man. The new album is out. The self-titled album by Black Spiders. The new single is out November twelfth, and it's called "Stabbed in the Back." Thank you, Pete, for coming on the Hook Rocks. I'm Jay Scott. Be safe, everybody. Take care of each other, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. Cheers, man. Take care.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.